Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to the Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Uh, for this week, wanted to recap week 15 of the NFL season, uh, discuss some NBA. Uh, Warriors got a big win against the Boston Celtics last night. Uh, John Morant returns from his 25-game suspension, hits game winner, so we'll get into that. Um, and then wanted to talk about the um, the game, the slate of games on Christmas, NFL taking over Christmas Day, apparently. So I wanted to discuss the NBA and NFL in that game and then also make my picks for uh, Week 16 of the NFL season as we head closer to the postseason. Um, so we'll get into all of that. So starting in the NBA, um, John Morant returns from his suspension and hits, I think he scores, he scored 34 points against the Pelicans. Um, yeah, closed it out, hit the game winner, won that game, and... Um, for the, the Grizzlies, they had a horrible, horrible first 25 games of the season without him. Um, right now, they're sitting at 13th in the West, 7-19. and um, And then under them is Blazers, the same record, 7-19. Um, it seems like it's, I mean, it's still pretty early in the season. Like, we're, we're still in December, um, last couple weeks here. Um, so I think there's still time for the Grizzlies to... Uh, bounce back and and maybe get into a playing playing spot because um, I mean you have the Warriors or they won three straight but they're thirteen and fourteen you still have the Suns who are super talented but they're sitting at tenth which I want to discuss the Suns as well ninth spot you have the Rockets at thirteen eleven so um, I feel like the the playoff spots are up for grabs in the West um, there's still a lot to be that remains but. Um, for Jaw, you know, this is a, this is a big return for him. Um, hopefully, this is all we hear about as far as um, you know the the situation with the guns, and he also had a situation with uh, he was playing the the basketball at his, at his house with the seventeen year old, and he assaulted him, and then he he said that he was defending himself. So, um, hopefully, this is like the last incident that we've had because you know he does do some good stuff for the community and he's a likable guy but it's just you know off the court you got to take care of some stuff you know you gotta you gotta surround yourself with with people who are who are in your corner and who are going to elevate you and support you um even if you're the um, the breadwinner obviously since he's in the nba but you need people who are going to uh, help you instead of take from you or put you in bad situations hopefully he's not friends with that guy who keeps recording him with guns um, even though the first one was was John Morant recording, but um, other occasions, just you know, be mindful of that. Like he should have friends who are like, "Hey man, like, don't jeopardize your Nike contract or your your bonus." Like he he was gonna make All NBA first team or whatever that year, and he didn't because the games played because of suspension, and he lost out on on a lot of money. So um, and then some of his endorsement deals, like so he he did lose money. This did affect him in a certain way like that. So, um, but him returning is, is great for the NBA, um, especially after that game winner, a lot of, you know, a lot of current players responding on Twitter and stuff like that. But, um, I want to hear what happens with, with, uh, with Josh Giddy situation. Apparently with that one, there's no, um, there's no, um, cooperating from the girl's family and they've kind of been icing it out. So it's, it's a weird situation that I don't, we might not, even get to the bottom of it. NBA still says they're investigating, but if the people aren't willing to um, give up any information or anything like that, then there's really nothing they can do, right? If the family's being quiet, the girl's being quiet now, then I don't know. There doesn't seem to be a, a resolution of that one. So that remains to be seen. We'll, we'll, we'll stay updated with any updates on that one. 
Um, but then as far as the Western Conference goes in the NBA, Warriors have won three straight. Uh, they just beat Boston Celtics, who have the best record in the East last night. They beat them in overtime. Steph Curry hit an amazing three at the end. Um, quick release just uh, from a pass um, from Chris Paul. And, you know, they've been playing really well. Uh, winners of three straight, like I said. But the the coaching um, opportunities that, that Steve Kerr had here where, you know, you have to trust the guys that you have, the veterans in, you know, Draymond, Steph, and Clay and uh, Andrew Wiggins, you know, because Wiggins was the second best player. I keep saying he was the second best player um, on that championship run. You know, they, they needed him. If they didn't have him, they don't win that championship, right? And he's been awful this season and so is clay thompson and in like the last few games steve kerr made a decision he decided to uh, to bench andrew wiggins so andrew wiggins was going to come off the bench during the game right and then in the game that was close he decided to to bench clay thompson in uh the closeout of a game and, and start playing the younger guys um so that was a big move i feel like because that was steve kerr challenging his veteran leadership there to, hey, you guys need to step up. You know, are you going to prove it to me? Are you done? Or can you still contribute at a high level? So since that's been happening, um, there was another game against, it wasn't against Portland. Was it against Portland? It was uh, Portland's not a good team. We get that. But the Warriors have not been playing as a good team as of late, right, this season. And it was on Sunday, I think it was, and Steph Curry had like seven points. Um, and Andrew Wiggins and Clay Thompson had 25 plus points, and they still won. They won the game. They were able to beat the Blazers without Steph Curry playing at a high level, only scoring those seven points. So um, I say that to say that um, the the Warriors are playing better now with Wiggins and Clay Thompson. You know, they've that benching that Steve Kerr did was was an awakening for them, it seems like, because now, since then, Wiggins and, and Clay Thompson have been hitting bigger shots, have been playing in, in big moments, and even with that, that Celtics game, like, they were playing smart basketball. You know, they were making the right moves, right plays, and, you know, they've been scoring a lot more. Their shots have been better. Um, Wiggins has been better defensively. It's a sh- small sample size, obviously, with, with just a few games, but now they've won three straight games. And... You have Chris Paul back in the fold, back um, back playing from injury, and now we'll see what happens. Now you know we can start to believe because Jonathan Kaminga had great plays. He had some great stops um, late in that game yesterday against the Celtics, and um, he had some big plays. And that's finally what what we've been seeing now lately is uh, Jonathan Kaminga getting more minutes and uh, making plays. That's what we need. Steve Kerr needs to trust. The younger guys, it's hard to trust the younger guys, but he needs to, at least Moses Moody and, and Jonathan Kaminga, he needs to put them out there more because they've been with the organization for a bit now, right? And um, practicing with the team, learning with the team, and developing more as players, that's been my one downfall with uh, with Steve Kerr. My one criticism is that he, he doesn't play them enough. I think he relies too heavily on um, the veteran guys in late in games, which, like I've said a, a few episodes ago, is that they earn the right to ride it out with the team, that they shouldn't blow it up, that they, they've earned the right. But um, hopefully Draymond can come back. He's, Draymond's going to be out for, for three weeks with the counseling situation, but hopefully he can come back and he's you know re-energized and, and like and calm, doesn't lose his shit on people. But then if they can do that... And and then, but I do think there's some kind of trade that needs to be done. I think they need to bring in another wing. 
Um, defensively, kind of another scoring option that you can rely on because you can't rely on heavily um, with Clay Thompson and, and Wiggins. They're kind of they've been inconsistent as of late, but we've seen them during championship runs being consistent. And um, hopefully, you know, GP two comes back soon. But I think there's still some kind of move out there for them. I think they have to hold on to Jonathan Kaminga. Maybe Moses Moody gets moved. You know, he he's like okay. He's they they both show flashes, but I just I just need some consistency. Which I realize that the consistency in the minutes isn't there with what St- uh, Steve Kerr is providing. But they're showing signs of life. You know, Steph Curry's still playing at a high level. So whatever. Um, the Warriors need to do to maximize um, his championship window is, you know, because he's he's the franchise, right? So you got to protect that asset at all costs and, and then make sure that that um, he has a chance to win every year until he retires. Because now he's 35, still playing at high level, along with Kevin Durant and LeBron James. Speaking of Kevin Durant, um, the Suns are only a game above the Warriors at the, t- at the 10th spot, right? And they just lost to Portland, who, as we said, Portland is bad, right? So Suns are 14-13, but in, in their defense, they've just had big problems with injuries. You know, you just had Bradley Beal fell awkwardly. He landed awkwardly after a jump shot on someone's foot and sprained his ankle. So now he's out. Um, the only consistent presence has been Kevin Durant. He's been lights out offensively, but... Um, this was the issue with the roster that we said, you know, at the beginning of the season. I said that they were going to struggle this year because there's no depth there. Like, they have some interesting pieces off the bench. You know, they, they brought in Eric Gordon. Um, you know, you still have Booker playing at a high level. But, you know, other than that, if those guys are injured, if the big three are injured and not really playing well together at all, um, then that's going to be some problems because the roster is so top-heavy. You need all three of those guys to be able to play, you know, 35 minutes a night. You need what Kevin Durant and Devin Booker did against um was against Dallas against the Denver Nuggets in the first round last year in the playoffs where they were just they were playing 40 minutes a game and then they were scoring fucking like 40 40 45 points like it was just them two going crazy but they had nobody else on the team so that's how Denver was able to pull away that series but that's what they need from the Suns this year they just need Devin Booker and and Kevin Durant to go off every game it seems like because they have no depth and then also Beal hopefully Beal's you know, can be fully recovered because he hasn't even had a chance to really, really practice with the team that much and really even get a lot of like game action. So he's not really like in the flow of playing with this new team and new teammates and stuff. So that's going to take some time to, to get the wrinkles out with that situation. But I feel like as we head into the new year, they'll kind of get, um, get more familiar with each other. But by then I think it'll be too late to, for them to be a strong contender in the West because you have, I mean, if you look at the teams, you know, right now you have first and second place. You have the Timberwolves 20 and five, and then you have Thunder is 17 and eight. Denver is still there. Um, the Mavericks have been playing really well. The Clippers are playing a lot better. They're, they're winners of eight straight. So I just want to mention that because, you know, I, I tore apart the James Harden trade, but there's there's nothing else they can do with the trade. Like they had to take on James Harden so they can kind of further their careers of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And, um, Knew they had they had no other choice. So um, yeah, they're playing pretty well, winning winners of eight straight. And then the Pelicans, we don't know what's happening with the Pelicans with Zion. I don't think he wants to be there. He's just like eating himself out of that contract. It seems like, um, but they still have a lot of talent. So if Zion can buy in eventually, like they could be a real threat in the West. I think. But um, and then you have the Lakers still there, fifteen and twelve. Anthony Davis playing more aggressive and 
LeBron's still playing at a really high level at 38 years old. This is like one of his best seasons in his career, and he's he's been in the league for a long time, so that's really impressive to see. Okay, switching gears to the East. Uh, so we still have the Celtics at 20-6. and six. Just mentioned that they lost uh, to the Warriors last night. Uh, but they're, I mean, they're still good, you know, defensively um, and offensively. The, the, the team really works well together. I think Joe Missoula is finally, like, figuring it out, how to be a coach. I think what the biggest test for him is the late-game decisions in the play, in the playoffs because we saw what he was doing in the playoffs. And I think the coaching difference between him and um, Udoka was um, late-game adjustments and in-game adjustments and, like, late-game decisions – um, so that's the biggest test that we need to see for him in the postseason. But the same for the Bucks with Adrian Griffin. You know, they had like a players, they had a big meeting, I guess, after one of the games. And um, I forget what his name is. He called out Adrian Griffin about, you know, that he needs to be better. And Adrian Griffin apparently responded and said, yep, you know, I agree. I do need to be better and I will be better and um, we'll be better as a team. But you know they're adding in a like a main focal point of an offense and Damian Lillard who's used to being the number one guy in Portland having you know taking 25 30 shots if he needed to but the offense flowed through him his entire career right so then now you have to figure out how that piece fits with uh someone like Giannis who attracts so much defensively so you know they're kind of still trying to figure it out but they're winners of five straight and sitting at 27, I think they're the best team in the East. I think that team, um, once they figure it out, they have figured it out because Damian Lillard is, you know, his scoring numbers are still there. He still looks like the player from Portland. But now he's just, okay, how do I how do I figure out how to play with Giannis? And it's pretty easy. You can just do a pick and roll or to just give it to Giannis and let him do his thing. and then Or you can do some isolation, move the ball. You know, they figured it out. They're, small, they're smart players, right? Uh, so the winners are five straight. I fully expect them to come out of the East. As I said before, it was that, you know, you're losing a lot in um, defense when you got rid of Drew, Drew Holiday, but getting back Damon Lillard is like, okay, that's somebody that you can re- rely on offensively. Whereas before, you know, Drew Holiday would have big games, right? Big moments in the postseason as we've seen, but it wasn't that consistent. You weren't going to say, okay, I'm going to get 25 from Drew Holiday. You know, he would have those three of like 15 from the field kind of games, right? Remember those? And also the same for Middleton too. There's times where Middleton is, he's hitting all kinds of his shots, right? And then there's other times where he's just, you know, cold. And um, then it's just Giannis who's consistent. And then he's trying to, you know, elevate the team above above and beyond because he's big presence and he's trying to just carry the team to the next round. Um, so then when you bring in Damian Lillard, like if, if Giannis is in foul trouble or if he's injured or something like that, you can, you can stay afloat with Damian Lillard being the main focal point of your offense, especially if you still have Middleton on the team too. And then you have that, that duo there and then the depth that they have. So for the East, I think it, it has to be the bucks. If the bucks don't go all the way to the, to the, to the finals, and either win or make it close, like it's just it's disappointing. It's championship or bust for the Milwaukee Bucks, even though I have the Denver Nuggets repeating, but we'll see about that. And then Sixers, 18 and 8, Joel Embiid has been playing really well ever since uh, they got rid of James Harden. Like he just seems happy. But um, I think it's championship for, or bust for the 76ers too, because this this roster has gone through a lot of reconstruction phases, right? Like they had Jimmy Butler, you know, they still have Tobias Harris. 
Uh, they had Ben Simmons. They brought in James Harden. Like, there's just a lot of different pe- moving pieces, right? And Joel Embiid has been, like, the, the main presence there, the same presence. And, you know, he won MVP, and he has this, this dominating force, but then every time in the, in the postseason we see it, it falters, right? Like, they get beat when they shouldn't get beat. And I think, honestly, if they don't win a championship in the next couple of years, like, that's it. I feel like Embiid will will want to leave, want to go somewhere else, uh, probably bigger market or something like that. Maybe like I don't know. He, he's gonna want to go somewhere else. I feel like because if they're not, they're not consistently winning or going deep in the playoffs. Like I think they've only made it to the second round. Was the furthest um, that was the, that one year against Toronto when that the ball bounced and then Kawhi was like kind of squatting down and they won that championship that year. Um, I think that was the last year with Jimmy Butler. But they should have never gotten rid of Jimmy Butler. Like that that's a problem with the Sixers. Like they chose the wrong guy. They chose Tobias Harris instead of Jimmy Butler. And now you're seeing what Jimmy Butler's doing with the with the team in Miami that's less talented than other teams. Like, let's face it, like, Bam is, like, the only other guy that other teams would really want to take on. Um, and then you have the Knicks, or in fifth, 15-11. Um, East seems like it's just pretty top-heavy. It's I think it's three teams in the East that can realistically probably win the championship, Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers. And I'm taking the Bucks. um out of all three of those teams, because Giannis is the best player out of that group. And then the next best player after that, um, I'm still taking Damian Lillard over uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, just playing style and stuff. Um, I'll give the Sixers Embiid. I think Embiid is probably a better player than Damian Lillard at this point, but uh, Lillard is a third player. So if you have the first and third player, best players out of those three teams, then like you should win, right? Um, Coaching-wise, I don't Adrian Griffin is unproven, but we'll see how that um, unfolds in the postseason. So um, there's some question marks there with his with his decision making. Uh, Pacers are fun. They've lost four straight though, thirteen and twelve, with uh, led by Ty- Tyrese Halliburton. And then after that, you kind of just a lot of these teams are like if you go fifth through tenth, like they're all just kind of the same, like fifteen, eleven, fifteen, twelve, fifteen, twelve, like thirteen, twelve. So you have the the Knicks, Cavs, Heat, Pacers, Nets. Hawks like no no team really stands out there at all um, teams out of contention you have the Bulls 11-17 um, Zach Levine is just not playing anymore he's just waiting for a trade um, his name has been thrown around for a while but it seems like no one's really interested in um, you know giving up that much uh, in assets to the Chicago Bulls for a Zach Levine he's still young um, he's not like a He's not a complete player as far as defense and offense, but you know he is good offensively, and I think he can um, help a team win a championship. He's definitely not like oh number one option, like hey I'm gonna lead a team to a championship kind of player. He's probably like third option on a team, kind of like a Bradley Beal. Like I look at, at Bradley Beal and Zach Levine probably very similarly. Zach Levine is a little bit more athletic and younger, but um, both of them I think their cap, like their ceiling is. Um, third option on a championship team. I don't think they, they can be a number one or a number two option in that because we've seen that scenario where they're number one, number two, and it just doesn't doesn't work out. And it hasn't worked out in Chicago at all. Um, Pistons are 2-25. and 25. They've lost 24 straight games. Um, and it's it's bad at this point. It's really bad. They they chose the wrong year to, to tank. Even Wingstop is feels bad for them because Wingstop offers a they get a free five piece um, boneless meal like fans get a free one if the Pistons win, 
and they've lost 24 straight games. So they're like, okay, we'll give free free bonus wings for every loss now. So now people in Detroit could at least get some some free wings while they're watching terrible Detroit basketball. Because um, even the Spurs, the Spurs were on like a horrible losing streak. But well, now they lost two straight again. But they just beat the Lakers like a few days ago, and now they're at four and 22. So um, there's a lot of bad basketball being played. Okay, switching gears to NFL Week 15, um, we saw a lot of, there was a lot of good matchups. Um, 49ers beat up on the Cardinals 45-29. Eagles surprisingly lost uh, Seahawks 20-17, so the Seahawks stay in the playoff picture. Uh, Eagles lose ground on um, the second seed, but they're still tied record-wise with the Cowboys, but uh, Cowboys are in the driver's seat for the NFC East, so right now Eagles are the fifth spot, but the Cowboys just lost to um, the Bills, they got blown out by the Bills 31-10, to 10, um, which I, I, I think I had that pick too because uh, Bills are more desperate. Uh, they're on the outside looking into the postseason. They need that win bad, but um, I did not expect the Cowboys to look that bad. So Cowboys and Eagles are tied. Eagles can still get that second spot. Um, Cowboys' remaining schedule is the uh, Commanders, Dolphins, and Lions. So back-to-back games uh, against the Dolphins and then the Lions, and then they finish off with the Commanders. So I think they could win all three of those, honestly. Um, we haven't seen Miami really tested against a team that is uh, above 500. And, you know, Lions, defensively, they do struggle. And then, But the, the Eagles, their three games are against the Giants, Cardinals, and Giants. So those seem like three three very winnable games. So that would put them at um they like I think for record wise, I think the if the Cowboys they have to tie, right? Obviously have to tie because they're tied right now. So um I think they're both gonna finish thirteen and four. Right? And if that's the case then uh, you're gonna have the Cowboys at the second seed and then the Eagles at the fifth seed, but um yeah, Cowboys have a lot to do because you have two playoff teams right there that they have to play while the Eagles just they have three bye weeks in a row basically, especially with Tommy DeVito out now. Uh, and then you had Ravens and Jaguars. Ravens uh, beat them twenty three to seven. Jaguars did not look good, and uh, Trevor Lawrence entered uh, concussion protocol, so he might not even be ready for next year. But the the Jaguars can potentially miss the playoffs. Um, they're they have not looked good. Uh, the last few weeks, and um, you know, there's some injuries to Trevor Lawrence, but their their team offensively hasn't been really gelling that well. Um, yeah, twenty three to seven, not a not a good loss for them. Uh, then you have Commanders losing to the Rams twenty to to twenty, so the Rams are still in the playoff hunt. And then um, Texans won in overtime nineteen to sixteen, so they got to get. Um, C.J. Stroud back, right? Because I think I picked the Texans without them, but Davis Mills, uh, or was it Davis Mills, or was it the other guy? Uh, what's his name? What's his name? He played for the Vikings for a little bit after Case Keenum. Yeah, Case Keenum was the one who who filled in there. Uh, Browns beat the Bears 2017, um, so they're still on track there for the playoffs, led by Joe Flacco now. Uh, Dolphins destroyed the Jets 30-0. to Chiefs escaped um pages 27 to 17 that game was really close actually it was closer than i thought uh saints all over the giants 24 to 6 um giants lost their quarterback tommy devito on a late hit the dirty late hit as he was sliding so 
So I think he he was uh he was out for the game with a concussion. Then you had the Buccaneers beating up on Packers 34 to 20 and Panthers escaping the Falcons 9 to 7. I think that was the only game that ruined my uh, my parlay that I had because other than that it was I think it was pretty good. I, I feel like I had all those picks right cuz I picked the Colts to beat the Steelers 30 to 13. Then I had the Lions winning. The Lions destroyed the Broncos 42 to 17. I don't know if I had the Bengals. That's the one I, I don't know if I had. Bengals won 27 to 24 in overtime. Browning is having a great, great, uh, great time filling in for Joe Burrow. He's looking really good. Um, and then, yeah, so I think the the Panthers and Falcons game, that was the only one that I got wrong, if I remember correctly, because I definitely had the Falcons because I said the Panthers were, were terrible. So if we look at the playoff picture here in the AFC, you have the Ravens. 11 and 3, winners of four straight, which I'm excited for that Christmas game, which I'll get into here against the 49ers. And then Dolphins are at uh, their second seed at 10 and 4. Third seed, you have uh, the Chiefs at 9 and 5. Jaguars are fourth seed at 8 and 6. Browns, fifth seed at 9 and 5. Bengals, sixth seed at 8 and 6. Oh, so the Bengals, they were all the way at the 10th spot, moved all the way up to the sixth spot with um, winners of three straight. So they've been looking really good. Colts are the seventh spot at uh, eight and six, so that's where the cutoff as the wild card would be, with the Colts and the Bengals, and then you still have teams in the hunt, two teams in the hunt, uh, Texans at eight and six, and then you have the Bills at eight and six as well. And they've been, they've been playing really well ever since they got their um, their new play caller uh, Joe Brady. They've been playing a lot better. Offenses looked a lot better as we saw um, against the Cowboys. So. Um, yeah, the only one who's clinched so far is Ravens, because if you look at if you look at the AFC South, that's the one that's close. Because that one right there, you have a three-way tie with the Jaguars, the Colts, and the Texans. And honestly, the the one I f- the team that I feel the best about is the Colts, which is weird because that's the one with the biggest question mark at quarterback uh, with. Uh, Gardner Minshew, but he's been playing well, and he's the healthiest out of the three quarterbacks. So, Trevor Lawrence, they're the Jaguars look the worst, honestly, because they they've lost three straight. Trevor Lawrence has had two injury scares, and then the Texans are are you know once they get C.J. Stroud back, I feel like they'll they'll be able to sneak into the the wild card spot. But I think for the AFC South, I have the Colts and the Texans making the playoffs, and I have the Jaguars not making the playoffs. I just um, I feel like we expected more from that team this year. There's still some time for them to get healthy and to um, maybe win the division, but they need to win the division and host a, host a home game because on the road, as a wildcard team, I do not trust that team. Realistically, they can get all three teams in. The division could get all three teams in the playoffs, but um, I just think the Jaguars, they're trending in the wrong direction. Colts somehow are still surviving, and the Texans are just going to add um, C.J. Stroud back to that team. And then the rest of the conference, I feel like I feel like the top three is pretty locked in. Ravens, Dolphins, Chiefs, because the Chiefs are going to win that division. And then Browns, 9-5. and five. Bengals have won three straight. So the AFC, the AFC North can also get three teams in with the Ravens, Browns, and Bengals. I think the Bengals are going to be the team to miss the playoffs out of those three. Well, the, the Ravens already locked in, but... Um, I don't know why I just love the story, the potential storyline for for 38 year old Joe Flacco leading the Browns to the Super Bowl. I just I love that storyline so much. So I'm just gonna ride that one out. I have the Browns, 
make the playoffs and then have the Colts and the Texans get in those last spots. So then in the AFC, we're looking at Ravens, Dolphins, Chiefs, Browns, Colts, Texans in the playoffs. Um, even though the Bills have been playing really well, I feel like it's a little too late, even though realistically they can, you know, if we look at the, the remaining schedule and stuff like that. But um, that's what I have there. Uh, NFC side, you have winners of six straight is the San Francisco 49ers at 11-3. and three, So they just have to win out, and they're going to lock up the um, home field advantage. So even if there's, even if they lose to uh, the Ravens on Christmas Day, let's say, and the Cowboys win out, and they have the same record as the Cowboys and the Eagles, then they still own the tiebreaker, right? Because their conference record is better than, than everybody else's. Their conference record is 9-1. and one. The two team, the two games that they lost were against AFC teams, so um, they have the tiebreaker. And then second seed, you have the Cowboys, and for right now, you have the Lions at ten and four, the three seed. Buccaneers are the NFC South leader at seven and seven. Winners of three straight, though they've been playing really well. Mike Evans had what is he? He's had ten straight seasons with over a thousand yards receiving, and he's been ten years in the league. Like that's amazing. Like that's those are Hall of Fame numbers right there, and it doesn't get. Uh, talked about enough because he plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but he has had James Winston as quarterback, Tom Brady, obviously, and then now he has Baker Mayfield. He had who else did he have? Did he have Blaine Gabbert there for a little bit? I don't know. He's had just like random quarterbacks. Um, and then you have the Eagles at the fifth spot, ten and four. The losers of three straight. So Eagles are trending in the wrong direction at the worst time right now. Um, and then you have the Vikings are at the sixth spot, seven and seven. Rams at seven and seven. Then you have Seahawks seven seven Saints seven and seven. So I, I'm going to say the cutoff for the playoffs is with the Saints at the ninth spot because then you have Falcons six and eight, Packers are at six and eight. The Packers have been dropping dropping some games that they shouldn't have. They losers are two straight. They were looking really good and then they lost to the um, to the Giants and then they just lost this last game as well. So um, yeah, NFC is a little bit more a little more top heavy. Than the AFC. AFC is a little bit more wide open, I think, even though I do think it's going to be Baltimore coming to the AFC. NFC, like I said last episode, I think it's uh, 49ers, Cowboys, or Eagles. I don't trust the Lions defense and expect the Cowboys to beat them. And then um, Buccaneers, like, I don't think they're going to be a real threat against Dallas or 49ers or Philadelphia. Um, and then Vikings, like, uh, they're on their third quarterback this season, so how much can that even be trusted, right? I think um, for the postseason, the last few spots, I, I I think the Vikings are out. And then I think, let me see, I think I was going to say that NFC West could get three teams in because the Rams surprisingly are are still in it for the playoffs. And um, even though they've, they've been kind of up and down, but I thought at the beginning of the season they still had some talent, and I think they could still... They could still make a run, like not to a Super Bowl, but they can make the playoffs. And I think everybody was kind of like writing them off. But the remaining schedule is a little tough. So they have the Saints, the Giants, and the 49ers. The 49ers are needing to win that game because they they need the number one spot, right? They don't want to get tied. So they want the number one seed. So they're gonna they're gonna try to win out. I don't think they're gonna be resting players. So unless the Rams beat them, then they won't be in the playoffs, right? And then the Seahawks, the Seahawks close out. So there's three games left in the season. And their remaining schedule, they have the Titans, which is a winnable game, Steelers, and they have the Cardinals. Those are their last three games. So 
I think that's three wins right there. So that'd be ten and seven, which I think that was my early season prediction. So, so if the the Saints, not the Saints, if the Seahawks are ten and seven, I think they get that sixth spot. Um, I don't think the Rams get in because they're gonna have to play the Four ers last, and I think the Four ers will beat them in that game. So then I would say maybe the Saints. Maybe it's gonna be the Seahawks and Saints as a, the sixth and seventh spot. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any there's any doubt that neither of those teams are gonna do anything in the postseason. But um, I feel more confident in the Rams and Seahawks than Seahawks and Saints. So I'm gonna go with the Rams. I feel like. The Saints and also the Vikings will lose one or two games, even if the Rams lose that last game against San Francisco. So uh, the postseason would be San Francisco, Dallas, uh, Detroit, Tampa, Philadelphia, and then um, you have the Rams and you have the Seahawks. So we'll see. Um, but, yeah, th- then you have you have Christmas coming up this weekend, right? And usually it's, it's um, NBA games. It's NBA Day because Thanksgiving is meant for the NFL. So you watch, you watch all the all the um, the Thanksgiving games on on Thanksgiving, right? The NFL games, but Christmas is falls on on a Monday. So with the with the with the basketball games, you have Warriors and Nuggets, Bucks and Knicks, Celtics, Lakers, 76ers and Heat, and then Mavericks and Suns. So all day, you get some NBA games. And this is like this is Christmas tradition since like the beginning of, of the NBA, you know, you're hanging out at home, you're just watching some NBA games, right? But the NFL decided, hey, well, we took Thanksgiving, and then we also took Black Friday with our first ever Black Friday games. Now that Amazon's a, an NFL partner, so now what the NFL decided to do was, hey, let's just take the let's just take Christmas Day from the NBA. So now um, you're gonna have you're gonna have the Ravens and Niners, which is gonna be a great game. That could be a, uh, a Super Bowl preview. That's on Monday night, um, on Christmas Day. But then you have you also have Christmas Eve games. So they have since you know the calendar wise, it lands on a Sunday. So you're gonna have a bunch of Christmas Eve games. And then the other Christmas Day games are Raiders and Chiefs. That's a 10 a.m. game. And then you have uh, Giants and Eagles is a 1:30 game. And so you have. Oh, so you just have three, so you have three NFL games on Christmas. So it's going to be a jam-packed sports holiday weekend. You have Christmas Eve, Sunday with a bunch of football, and then you'll have um, also Christmas Day. You'll have NBA Christmas Day, and then Christmas Day is also featured. Um, some great NFL matchups there. So um, yeah, we are spoiled. And then also Saturday too. Saturday is going to have some some NFL games. So. A lot of stuff to watch uh, this weekend, but the biggest game I think is going to be um, Ravens and 49ers, and a lot of those NBA games are going to be great too, so I'm going to try to flip between both, but I'm a traditionalist, so I'm going to watch mostly NBA on Christmas and then watch um, do a little nightcap with the Ravens and 49ers. So um, with that, that's all we have for this week's episode. Um, thanks for listening, and um, yeah, happy holidays and have a Merry Christmas, and then Uh, Let me look at the calendar here. Hopefully, let's see. We might be back. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll do another episode next week before uh, before the new year. So, um, thanks again. Have a great weekend.